0: Hi, friends. Uh, my name is Kevin. If you don't know who I am, I'm one of the pastors here at Spark, And um, welcome to 2022, if you, can, uh, if you can believe it. It's kind of wild and crazy. And, uh, and here we are. Um, today, what I'd like to do is just lead us through some reflections. I'd like for us to simply do a little bit of reflecting and celebrating of what happened in 2021 and remind ourselves of the journey that we've been on. And then at the towards the middle slash end, uh, we're going to spend some time sharing with you some brief glimpses as to where we think we're headed in 2022. Um, we're at a really unique moment, I think, in the life of Spark, and um, it's amazing because in February of 2020, if you uh, can remember back to that time the entire board, pastors, leaders of Spark met to start doing some strategic planning as to what 2020 was going to look like. And then, of course, um, all COVID broke loose, and uh, all of that had been put on hold. So it's kind of surreal, along with everybody else in the world, to now come into 2022 with some sort of sense of, I don't know, maybe this is endemic, and this is something we're going to have to live with for. A certain period of time. Uh, I very much appreciate Patty's comment about going from green to yellow to red, and you're just a lot of a lot of uncertainty. Um, and so we thought that Spark was at a particular point of really strategic planning for the future in 2020, and really using what God had uh, given to us to steward well the new future of what our ministries and our church was going to be like. Um, and after now almost two years of navigating this space um, we're having to add to the evaluation of where we were in 2020 another two years of who are we and who have we become some of you have found us in pandemic and it's amazing to me actually to look out at the the broad brush the broad community of spark and to see how many of you have actually found us through this the last two years and are now core and central member people who we are delighted to see and, and get emails from and to interact with and you know are volunteering and leading us. It's just an incredible experience. And so, um, at this particular time, then at the beginning of the year, as Spark has been thinking about for almost for over two years, what really is the future and where are we going and who are we? and what is God calling us to do? All of those questions are now going to, I think, come to some sort of materialization in 2022. There's obviously a lot of questions regarding what's going to happen. It's amazing, I was thinking back to the phrase, do you remember the phrase, flatten the curve? Do you remember this? You remember, our goal was to flatten the curve, and if we could just flatten the curve, we're going to be okay. And I look, I look back at the graphs, and there's no flattening of no curve. I mean, it's like spike, then spike, then spike, and you know we're, we're back here again, and we're spiking again, and I had no idea there were so many letters in the Greek alphabet, and we're eventually going to get to omega, and then what do we do once we get to omega? I don't know. So we're, we're in an obviously uncertain season, and we're headed towards the unknown, and So in the middle of all of this, I'd like to share, um, we'd like to share some thoughts and some reflections on all of that, and a little bit of how do you chart forward into a new new territory with all that kind of unknown. At the very, very end, I want to open the floor up to any questions. I don't know if you have any, so it might be a very dull moment. That's okay. We'll move on from there. Um, But it will be an Ask Me Anything, um, an AMA, if you're familiar with that, just... Um, I want to make sure that all sparkers feel like they can engage. So, did you have any introductory remarks other than that? Hi,
1: I'm Pastor Danielle. (laughs) I was chasing children who were supposed to be in children's church, but they were out in the parking lot. So, uh, now I'm back, and I'm really happy to be here. Um, This is, I don't think you have a slide for this, but I just wanted to let you guys know that in the midst of the flattening and the spiking and all of the things in the alphabet, um, The state of California has emailed and contacted Houses of Worship and said, would you like rapid tests? And we said, yes, please, and thank you. So we have been approved, and it was supposed to have already arrived by this weekend, but it's not yet, so that we can continue to mask. And we know we're in a very highly vaccinated area for those who are able to vaccinate, um, but we will also be able to have rapid tests available for you as you come on in so uh, that should arrive this week and we'll have enough for the month of january and we'll kind of see what the state continues to provide but when they sent the email we went yes please and, uh, and we'll be able to get those so we we are going to continue to some people have said are you going to move back to online only and no unless we are asked to by the state we will continue to provide all of the variety of options We are fortunate and blessed to be in an area where, while there's a spike, it is still actually quite low in terms of numbers, and we have a very high vaccination rate amongst those five and up. So I wanted to let you know that we're doing everything we can to make sure that we can all continue to see one another's faces as we are able to on the Zoom or in the room. Um, And so you'll have the variety of options to do what's most comfortable and best for your family, Um, and we want to continue to meet all of those Moments so and oh. and you know as we have extras. I know that they're not easily found now And so they are al- we'll also just do our best to provide them for the community as much as possible so that in whatever place You're at during the week. Um, you're able to uh, care for yourself and your family and love your neighbor, so
0: yeah. you know. <sighs> Never thought we'd have to do that
1: <laughs> yes. it's, it's okay. We're together a year ago. We weren't together so in terms of our year in review We're already improved. We're (laughs) together in a room and on Zoom um, and finding ways and creative ways. Whereas (laughs) last year, it was just only in a parking lot as Christine and I would like run around and try to figure out what sweet care package we could put together for an excuse to be able to see your faces. Um, And as a pastor for over 25 years, it was probably one of the hardest years of my life was not being able to see you guys regularly. And I'm just deeply grateful that we're in the room and on the Zoom together.
0: Do you remember sparking lots? You yeah. remember
1: that yeah it's amazing lots of sparking lights. woohoo for sparking it was lots. Fun. It was fun. we could do it again but i'm glad an, for the sparking room it was amazing
0: how yeah. creative as we go over this little bit of review i know some of it may just simply be pure nostalgia uh some of it may may feel like um just a moment of celebration but honestly for me it's a little strategic it's a strategic for me because Um, how you think about the future is very much conditioned by how you retell the story of the past and how you understand it. And so um, as we go through some of these slides that uh, we've prepared, um, I hope that you feel that as well because it's good. One of the number one commandments in our tradition in our scripture is remember because we so quickly forget. We forget that a year ago we were on video. Does that, I mean, I have to recall back to my mind the amazing work that Sparkers did to set up a, a phone, set up a video camera, record yourself, send it in, and then all of that is then put together for us to be together and the work that people did to to do all that. One of the things that I so celebrated and remembered as we were on live YouTube for that particular season Um, doing our best to just maintain a sense of community and connection with all of this stuff. I remember, I remember reading those comments, feeling life out of those words. And sparkers um, were not simply passive observers during this time. Now, I know some wanted to be, and that's totally fine. But for those of you who engaged with those comments, because that was really the only way in which those of us who are on screen were to see you out there. Like, like when I say something now about the spike, and I can see your heads nod, I can hear you laugh, there's an effervescence that happens in the room. And when you're not in the room, um, as Danielle was saying, it's really, it, there's a disconnect. There is a, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit here, but there, there is a, a real spiritual validity and truth to the physicality of what we do and to our traditions. And the whole COVID thing threw us into a, an entirely digital virtual world. And as much as Silicon Valley is starting to tout how wonderful the virtual world is and will continue to be, there is something lost. There, we are physical, material, natural beings. And to be in a room is really, really critical and important. And and so when these comments come through, it is a way of reaching across that medium to say, we are still with you. So I wanted to just shout out to all of you who participated in to say thank you.
1: And still do on Zoom today, because being in the room isn't possible for everyone. And we know that. And um, and so while we're grateful to be here, we don't want to in any way um, diminish the investment that the Zoomers and um, our patio players and our distance Sparkers all continue to play in your contributions online. It was actually, I think, one of the weird things that happened for me in the pandemic was that, not that we're not still in it, um, Spark was sort of deliberately low-tech prior to COVID, like on purpose, as low-tech as possible. And then we had to ramp up and get much higher tech really quick and you all did that so well with us and Kevin watched a lot of videos on how to make videos and how to edit videos and how to do things on YouTube and I was grateful I didn't have to learn any of that Um, but I'm very grateful for the ways in which I mean just like I remember when we met that he told me hey you should probably get an email and I thought I don't need an email people can just page me if they need me right i'll just phone them back i'll just see their digits on my little pager and i'll call them back um so, so the fact that that the pandemic happened when we were so technologically capable it was a real gift and i'm grateful to god for that and continue to be um for our zoomers and and the ways in which we continue to stay in contact with one another
0: Thank you for covering for my potential slight of people no, who are still with us online. <laughs> no,
1: no, it, it, it's it's both. It's both it's and. Both and right, and yes, it yes. is true that the incarnation, I mean, this is what the season we're celebrating right now, is the birth of Jesus, right? God in flesh dwelling among us. And as people who believe in the incarnation, being incarnational in one another's life is deeply important. Yeah. And so we find all of those ways to do it. And I know for a lot of people who aren't able to be here physically, um, I've been really grateful for the ways in which we've been able to meet distance in a driveway or, you know, online and wave and keep everybody safe and all of that, or, diff- or far away in a backyard. Um, so if you're in need of those incarnational um, visits, please know that I am committed to that and you can just uh, email me. I have an email now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so January third, we launched a series entitled "When a Child asks." One of the things that we have continually celebrated and have been so thankful for is the the team of people that bring thoughtful uh, teaches to our congregation. I remember somebody who came to Spark during pandemic and was mentioning how they they came like four weeks in a row with a, a different speaker each time and how much they appreciated that. So I'm so tremendously thankful to everybody who's a part of the team. Why are things hard? right now. We tackled some questions. What is the Bible? Uh, why are things hard right now? Etc. cetera. Um, our partnership with AIDS continued. Uh, Danielle taught a prophets class with uh, Rabbi Ari. Um, for those of you who don't know, this is a synagogue and we've been in partnership with Congregation AIDS Chaim, this, the place that owns this uh, facility. We rent from them and we've been so grateful for the partnership over the years and even throughout the pandemic time, we've continued that partnership as we'll, you'll see in, in some uh, upcoming things as well. I wanted to share with you, some of you don't know this, that our barista, who greets you every single Sunday, also volunteers every Sunday in the morning at City Team and at Project We Hope. It's a ministry and an effort that sparks supports, and Tony is there as a presence to people who are underserved, who are underhoused, and it's just been an amazing work, and we're so very, very thankful to Tony for him and for his presence that he's been doing.
1: And we hear actually regularly back from the ministries what a difference it makes for people who are seeking some dignity to be able to walk up and be able to place whatever order they want. Not like be only given something, but be able to place. And Tony, because he's Tony and you guys meet him here, he's, you know, Sparker member number one from nine years ago and still here. He remembers everyone's names and he remembers their orders and he does that for that community. And um, because of your generosity, Spark is able to support his efforts as he donates his time and we support the f- the financial need <laughs> for that. So thank you for continuing to... And provide dignity in that space
0: In addition to the pastors and the teachers, the congregation has been led incredibly well through people who have just simply contributed congregants and these are honestly some of my favorite images and <laughs> pictures over the season. Our Easter celebration was just wonderful to see Dan and Nora together, um, the sultry sounds of Darren Phillip. I always give him a hard time you know, to <laughs> tease him about that and. And uh, to to just have our congregation say, this is our church, and it's not a show that we watch, but it is the community in which we participate and contribute has been an incredible blessing. Um, Of course, the dancers and to to see, you know, um, the kids up there has been incredible. And then May 30th, our last online service, we gave you some directions, and here we go with a lot of trepidation and uncertainty. We shifted everything. We had to redo all of our systems, rethink through how we were going to do cameras and audio and all that kind of stuff, work with the team, and then we began to meet outside. And it was glorious! We are tremendously privileged to live in California, where I don't think we had a bad Sunday, weather-wise. There were maybe a couple that unfortunately had some smoke and stuff, but generally speaking, we were tremendously blessed. And you guys, again, showed up and participated in provided for this community an incredible presence. And it's easy to talk about just the systematic functioning of how we operated, but what was amazing to me, and again, I needed this reminder, is that even throughout 2021, 2020 and then 2021, (laughs) we were doing our best to advance really, really good work. Conversations that mattered to advance racial justice, to advance gospel justice, uh, to advance understanding, education, and to provide for our community and for communities beyond um, insight and speakers and and talks that were going to help shift our thinking. Um, and so we started off, amazingly, with uh, Jamar Tisby, his second visit to Spark with How to Fight Racism. And, you know, we did this online. What was amazing, we did this with uh, in partnership with uh, two other congregations who were with us as well, Congregation Eighth and then the River. Um, and we had several hundred people log on at, at that time, and Jamar's work has been incredibly helpful and influential. Christian du dumay has been all over the place recently. She had the spark bump, is what I say. So she, we, got, we got her at Spark, and to just have a conversation about gender masculinity and how in the world did evangelicalism become kind of the cultural force that it is and the way in which it is. And again, part of our posture has always been not to just immediately criticize and and get upset, but to understand. And one of the things that Christian brought to us is an understanding of the history and the turns and the events and stuff like that. The, The role that the various wars in America played in shaping American religion. Incredibly insightful and incredibly helpful for us. Danielle had a conversation with Beth Allison Barr in the making of biblical womanhood. Where does that idea come from? And why do we have these gender categories, these theologies? And maybe if we understood why we had them, maybe we can understand, maybe there's a truer revelation through our scriptures or a different interpretation that we could captivate on and and live out and stuff. And then we were tremendously (laughs) honored and delighted Uh, Dr. Kizmikia Corbett, one of the chief scientists, virologists on the Moderna vaccine, was able to come to spark in conversation with our friend Dr. Kenneth Gibbs. And they had a wonderful conversation on not just science and the vaccines, but also on race and what that means in the context of sciences. And so if you missed any of those conversations, make sure you go back and watch them there. I I perused them as I was preparing for today and was just reminded of just how rich and generous our guests have been to us and what a gift their conversations have been. Uh, later in June, we welcomed Matthew Sorens in the conversation of welcoming the stranger. And one of the things that Danielle's been really good at reminding me of is there was a season in American cultural political history where the refugee crisis was very, very much prominent in the news. And once an administration changes over, it maybe it's not so prominent but the problems are still essentially the same. And the work that many of us have been doing in trying to reach out to work with IRC, International Rescue Committee, and try to be the hands and feet of Jesus, and to say, you know, welcoming refugees is a core central ethic of our story, and to say that it doesn't matter who you are, where you've come from, what kind of story uh, has brought you here, you are a human being created in God's image and likeness, and you deserve love and dignity and respect, and how in the world can we do that in the midst of your situation? And we'll Talk a little bit about sparkers who have been doing that work as well. Well,
1: and I just want to say the reason why we invest in these conversations is because they help us to be better followers of Jesus. It's not just because, oh, this is a cool person to talk to, and wouldn't that be interesting, or they wrote an interesting book, and let's have this conversation. We are having these conversations and pursuing the questions that we're pursuing because we're trying to say, how do we follow Jesus in this moment? in this land in these ways how do we follow jesus how do we heed christ's commands in our life how do we dare we call ourselves followers if we don't welcome the stranger show concern and care for the sick and for those who are imprisoned and subject to injustices or hungry or thirsty it is the very core and essence of the practice of our faith to be able to say according to matthew 25 like when i see someone hungry thirsty sick in prison a stranger i will go and feed give water welcome bring healing Um, visit in prison and also tackle systems of injustice that have caused those things to happen and that's why we're having these conversations Uh, it's because we love Jesus Um, it's not because we're trying to be a social justice church it's not because we're trying to um, really pay attention to whatever the cultural moment is it's because we love Jesus and we're trying to follow Jesus and that's what's causing us to say how do we better love our neighbors um, and how can we be the hands and feet of Jesus in our community?
0: TBC uh, invited Danielle to speak for um, a conversation around God's vision for equal partnership between men and women in the church. Um, also last year, uh, we exceeded a goal um, in partnership with the Kilgoris Project, an organization that's run by a sparker, uh, to fund a classroom for the entire year in uh, Kenya. So, I was tremendously grateful to all of you and your, your generous support um, in all of those efforts. We were, partici- uh, the teachings that we've done, um, we went over the values of SPARK um, and tried to reground ourselves after a year and a half of going through various teachings and navigating this particular time. We wanted to spend a few moments regrounding ourselves in why do we have our five values? Where do they come from? What do they mean? And how will they continue to shape who we are? Spent a few moments, uh, a few Sundays, just being present with God. Uh, I loved the conversation that we had with Junior, so you guys got to know him a little bit better, his background, his story, why he does what he does and what he brings and what a gift he is and all that stuff. Um, and then, of course, we finished up last uh, year with A Strange Way to Save the World. Many of you participated in a book club because we've been participating, having some conversations around climate change. That was an incredible experience still having conversations that have grown out of that group that I'm tremendously thankful for and then of course we Celebrated nine years, which is kind of crazy to think about as well Yay! In November uh, just barely a a month and a half ago or so about yeah about two months ago um, You all sent us to Glasgow Scotland to participate in the United Nations climate change conference an incredible experience and hope that you were able to follow Some of that news and for our little Beautiful little church in Palo Alto to be a part of a national conversation was an incredibly humbling and eye opening experience. And um, I learned so much through Danielle's report because she was in with all of the uh, big stuff that was happening and then following it on the news. And then, again, in partnership with uh, six other organizations, she was able to present some findings uh, in an event called Eyewitness to the COP26 Climate Conference to further take the investments that we've made to begin to advance that conversation and that work with other people.
1: And again, this is because we love Jesus and we love people that were engaged in the issue. It's not because we were excited to go to the UN conference, although, although I will admit it felt like a very God thing to be able to write spark church, Like and submit our organization, (laughs) our church organization, as officially approved to attend this conference at the UN. It felt ridiculous Um, and just only God could do all of that. But the reason why we're doing this is because overwhelmingly, you know, 60 percent, 60 to 70 percent of all persons and and communities of color are in the United States placed near. areas that are toxic, that have environmental issues, that are um, have unclean air. This is a love-your-neighbor racial justice issue. When we talk about why we care about this, it's because our children can't go outside and play because the air is not safe and it is causing forever DNA changes, right? It's because we are committed to the generations to come as well as the current generations. It's because we're committed to loving our neighbor. It's because we are committed to following God's commands to care for and tend this beautiful garden. And as 40 different faith leaders from all around the world gathered at the Vatican and then sent a letter to the UN conference saying, please, please care about this. Their cry was, we have inherited a garden. Let us not leave our children a desert. And we are deeply committed to this ongoing conversation. I already have uh, two more events coming up um, within, with multi-faith voices of peace and justice and then also within the climate action committees um, within the Jewish community um, in just the, the next month as a result of you all sending us. It's definitely a God thing and I am deeply hopeful that people like you all, um, we will all be able to start creatively thinking how to better care for the world that God has given us. And invest in the generations to come, and we're just we just give all glory to Christ for all of these good things. This is all God's work um, in and through this community, and we're so humbled by it.
0: Tremendously, tremendously. One of the most amazing things I think has been there was a donation that was given that allowed us to provide uh, material support for the local refugees that are here that were coming from Central America, and. Man, the stories that I've heard of all of you sparkers who have shown up at the door and befriended and delivered groceries and provided not just material, but friendship and dignity and welcome has been an incredible experience to watch um, from the side. And this has all, all been all of you. Um, that have participated in those efforts. I'm just incredibly humbled to be in your presence for, for the kind of love that you are sharing to these folks.
1: And I know there's more to come, and Christine Okhtar has been already talking with IRC, International Rescue Committee, and others to try to figure out how we can continue to provide a radical welcome <laughs> um, as people come to our, our community.
0: And then um, a couple more things. We had our candlelight service. I, I Honestly, I, I don't think we have given Junior enough public... Um, Uh, Thanks for the amazing behind-the-scenes work that he does to put together all of these amazing events that he's Done both online and then also in Mm -hmm. person. So that was an incredible experience Um, Also throughout uh, last year we were able to dedicate for children um, And we in addition to that we had some births and some bereavement of course and pastoral care and conversations and so much more Um, so My friends, that's a very brief overview of 2021, and it was a good reminder for me. I hope it was a good reminder for you that what God has been doing in and through this community has just been wonderful and beautiful and real and material, um, and really, again, as Danielle is saying, based upon our core mission and our values. This is our doing our best to exemplify the way of Jesus in the world through all of these. Uh, avenues.
1: And And, what is the core mission of SPARK?
0: To to inspire inspire people to to live the the way way of of Jesus. Jesus. Um, And so (laughs) I hope that you have been inspired in that sense by your participation, by your contribution, um, even just by watching others uh, do those kinds of things. So I wanted to share a couple things um, that I've learned uh, that I think are really important that I've kind of brought through this particular season. And um, therefore, these are just kind of reflections. they're not really well formulated thoughts, but some reflections that I hope are uh, helpful for you. Number one, the challenge of community that we'll have to continue to take forward and has been reminded of, um, reminding me of our past. I don 't know if you know this, but people have opinions. Uh, so, some of you have opinions, and there are some people that have stronger opinions than others. And when the state decides to shut down or when the state decides to regulate particular activities such as masking and uh, these different types of things. And when there's regulations that an organization like us has to follow and when there's various scientific reports that are coming through about uh, you know, a global pandemic and the disease, there's a lot of opinions about what we should or should not do. And one of the challenges of community is to bring coherence and togetherness in the midst of people saying, I really don't think that that's a good idea. I don't think that your your gathering is good. I don't think the way in which you're processing all this is right. I think the way the government is doing it is wrong. There are a thousand and one different opinions. And one of the things that I really took away from last year is I have experienced Spark to be one of the most generous communities that I've been a part of. You've had your opinions on what seems to be appropriate regarding COVID regulations and you've been very generous and supportive of other people who may feel either more conservative or concerned or more liberal and wanting to be more relaxed about things and we have all of that in that spectrum. And that to me is a microcosm, not, not a microcosm, one example of a variety of things. And it's the same thing about the conversations that we've had. Communities by nature mean that there's going to be ideological and opinionated conflict. And what has happened over these last two years, in my humble opinion, maybe this is just my experience, is that this community has leaned into generosity with one another. Listening to one another about, oh, you, okay, so you're a little bit more concerned about COVID than I am regarding masking, but I want to respect where you are, and I understand that there's reasonableness in that discussion, and the challenge of community to me is about making sure that you find what are those core essential elements, and, and that play out has been this community has decided that a core central element of this community is to love my neighbor. And it's been an amazing experience for me. And that's why we've provided these options, outside, inside, online, um, is to do our best to try to cohere the community together in the midst of a lot of different opinions. That is going to be true moving forward as well. As decisions are made, as new things come up, various people have different ideas or opinions about How Spark should posture itself theologically, publicly, on various issues, etc. We've had a lot of different opinions of that. It's been wonderful and rich and informative. And it's also been extremely uplifting and encouraging and edifying because we are generous with one another in those opinions. So I want to thank you for helping us navigate the challenge of community. Obviously... Not everyone's going to agree with what I said. <laughs> and that's what's so beautiful. And I appreciate that. The second thing is the medium of church, which I mentioned before. I was, I've been fairly influenced by Marshall McLuhan's work and writings on the medium is the message and about how when you put a particular idea in a particular medium, such as television versus newspaper versus internet, the idea actually changes depending upon the medium. Um, and one of those... Uh, that idea has influenced me here. That the medium—what is the medium of church? What does it mean to be church? And part of what we're learning is that yes, we need to provide these alternatives, these these surrogate opportunities for people to participate, such as online right now and outside. But that medium also influences our experience, and I've noticed actually too that even when i'm providing now the slides the slides that we're going over right now the slides that i put out there for everybody to participate it's very easy for you to now go through and see oh where's the sermon going to go what songs are we going to sing and that influences how you participate in the community
1: there are a whole bunch of people right now like their slides their slides <laughs> exactly <laughs> um and so you' could have gotten the cliff notes version of it. that's that's right
0: um and so, this is a longer conversation, but I wanted to encourage us to start thinking that the medium really does matter. Your participation in person is a different experience than online. It just is. And again, as Danielle was saying, there's no shame in it during this time of pandemic. We're doing everything that we can. But I've also been thinking just how, as Danielle was saying earlier, how valuable the medium is when I see your face, when I get to hear you laugh in the room. When I, we get to even hug, handshake, or fist bump, or whatever, those mediums matter. And so when it comes to what is the church, what does it mean to be the church, it's not just merely content that we put out into the world that you consume. That's a very consumeristic view of what church is. And some people tune in, listen to our conversations and the sermons, because they're amazing, apparently, or whatever, um, but is that fundamentally what church is? And part of what I would like to encourage us to think about is actually, no. That has never been what church is. Church has always been, from the very beginning, the very definition of the words that have defined church has always been the people that are called out to be followers of God, followers of Jesus. You, we, we say this all the time. You're the church. The church is not the service we put on, the content that we put out, the sermon that we say. You are the church. We are together the church. And I don't ever want to forget that medium because in the midst of all the technical stuff that we have to do, it can be very easy to slide into, oh, this thing that we're putting out into the world, that we, that's church, and it isn't. We are. You are. When you show up, when you love one another, when you check in with one another, when you visit one another, when people are sick and bereaved, when you care for one another, when you deliver groceries to one another, when you listen to one another— when you gather together, when you sing together, that's what church is.
1: And, and when you're online, having the small groups and the book clubs and contributing in all of those ways, too. So I, I'm sorry, I'm just like thinking of all the people right now in the Zoom that I love so much who wish they could be here and can't. And so I want to make sure that constantly we're making, their, that their contribution is church, too. Yes. Yes.
0: Um, third, the necessity of Jesus. This goes back to my first um, reflection, which is in the midst of all this, in the, it, is, it is so, so easy for all of us to slip into influences outside of our core central identity. You pick up a newspaper and you read. You pick up an author and you read. Or you have a bad experience or you read about what's happening in evangelicalism (laughs) across the nation, or whatever it is, and then all of a sudden we're distracted and influenced by all of those particular movements. And that's happened throughout history. Um, Even during this pandemic time, it seems, and, and especially because we've talked about polarization in our nation before, it can feel like that is going to be a persistent challenge for all of us. And for me, one of the reminders was just how necessary it is for a community like ours to be reminded we exist to inspire people to live the way of Jesus. This is what we're doing. So we have to remind ourselves, who is Jesus? Who was Jesus? How is Jesus present here? What did he teach? What is he calling us to do? And to remind us of that on a regular basis. So it's one of the things about mission statements of organizations, they never change. They are the constant guiding star for your decisions, your activities, for your behavior. And so as we move into the future, I know that there's going to be distractions along the way. Question, does our identity in Jesus inform how we respond and react? Or does our response and our reaction to whatever's happening out in the world inform what we think of Jesus? And to get those confused, it's very, very easy and complicated.
1: I'm so glad you shared that. I think it reminds me too of why we did our recreate series of revisiting the five values of Spark. was sort of like, has anything changed since we all met together prior to a pandemic? Now that we live in a world where this happens, has Jesus changed? Are we changed? Are we shifting our values? Are we changing the way in we live? And the answer is no, right? No. There's a, a an old story of, and it sort of depends on who you, who tells the story as to when it was set, but I'll just set it in the first century Galilee. So two thousand years ago, a rabbi is walking by, and he hears in the middle of the night he's walking by on a road, "Who are you? And what are you doing here?" And the rabbi looks up and he sees a Roman centurion, and he says. Who are you and what are you doing here to the rabbi? And goes, Rabbi says, I'll give you five denarii a week if you'll show up at my house every day and ask me that question. Who are you and what are you doing here? And I think the recreate series and this necessity of Jesus um, in our community, who are we and what are we doing here? We're we're trying to follow Jesus and we're trying to love the way Jesus loved. Um, That's what we're trying to do.
0: I don't know if there's another virtue that I heard more over the last year than the virtue of hope. And the word hope we have done our best to try to define for ourselves, not as optimism, not as the feeling good about the future, not as wanting to hear good news so I don't have to pay attention to the bad news. That is not the definition of hope that we have been pushing forward over this last year in the midst of COVID, in the midst of complicated political and social realities, in the midst of bereavement and challenge the definition of hope that we have been reminded of over and over again throughout this last year has been an attitude and a perspective that gives you the energy to not just imagine a future world, but by imagining that future world, you bring it forward to reality. It is the energy, it is the drive, it is the engine that makes whatever future reality true. It's to bring that which we can see that we want to have happen here and now and make it realized. I hope that there is a world in which there is no more prejudice or bias or racial animosity. It is not that, you know, this is stuff that I learned from Austin Channing Brown and Jamar Tisby. It's not that I can look around the world and see you know, what happened specifically in 2020 and said, okay, I, I've got good news that makes me feel hopeful. It is to say that I can imagine a world where that is true. And I am going to use that imagination to bring that world forward. I've often heard, especially in climate change, because there's a lot of doomism within climate change. You just pick up the newspaper. New York Times did an entire spread on like 175 really horrible ecological disasters. that happened. I mean, if you want to feel good about yourself, don't, don't read that. Um, and it's like, is there any hope? Which is like, can I, can I look for some good news? No. That's not the definition of hope. The hope is, yes, I can see, I'll go through all those postcards of the flooding and the disasters and the starvation and the droughts and all of these things that are happening. The melt. I mean, the Western Antarctic ice sheet you know, the permafrost. It just goes on and on and on, all these things that are happening, the ocean acidification. And it's like, oh, I can feel, no, we don't fall into that position of saying, okay, that's reality. No, we hope that there can be a different ecological reality. We hope that Christians who read Genesis, who understand that you and I are stewards of this planet, of this Eden that God has put us in that we are we are here to care for and guard that's the genesis narrative to care for and protect this world i hope that that can be true meaning i believe it to be true so i'm going to work for that end which is why we do the work that we do and it is i will be i will be brutally honest with you it is really hard for me sometimes to look at, at the Christian church to see their engagement regarding ecological care, creation care, and climate change. And it, it just seems so dismal to me how much engagement there is. It's like people haven't read Genesis. But my focus on that or, or my, the news of that is not what drives me or should not be. What drives me is I can read Genesis myself, And i can believe that there is a community that there's a reality of communities that really believe in this care so that's what i'm going to work for that's the engine and the power of that imagination and we're going to believe that to come and that definition of hope i really truly believe is revolutionary because you and i psychologically emotionally spiritually are just so susceptible To the moment of emotion of how we feel. Whether we feel really positive or whether we feel really depressed. And we swing between these things. And the prophetic hope that we talked about. The discipline of hope that we talked about. The hope that Catherine Hayhoe has been talking about with us. Has been we don't get distracted with that news. We decide that hope is going to be our engine to bring about the world that we believe to be true and real and good. And so that's what we're going to do.
1: I see Sparkers live that out beautifully at least once a month with our Black Lives Matter protest on El Camino and California Avenue. We, we don't stand. First, it was every single Sunday for, before we were even able to gather in person. It became worship, prayer, hope in action with our feet, right? Protest, yes, but also hope that people would see us and join us. And and ask for things to change and work towards that change. And that next gathering will be this next coming Sunday. So if you want to put your hope in action, you can join us. Yeah.
0: Okay, the challenge of community, the medium of church, the necessity of Jesus, and the power of home. Mm-hmm. Those are just some reflections that I have. I have a lot more, but you're not interested in all that stuff. So <laughs> Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to 2022. We want to share with you very briefly where we think, where we hope <laughs> Spark <laughs> is headed. Now, for some of you, this is what 2022 looks like no (laughs) that's i mean it can feel that way sometimes (laughs) again but again based upon hope and based upon our definition i'd like to posit this image which is the starting block and that's what you know renewal and new seasons and new times are here's the beginning so on your mark get ready here we go we believe out of our discipline of hope That in the midst of whatever is to come regarding pandemic, whatever is to come regarding climate change, regarding whatever is to come regarding our social political realities, Spark is going to be here to inspire people to live the way of Jesus, and we're going to advance that cause. We're going to work towards that. As a result, in this season, we have some material ideas that are outplaying currently moving. Because of the timing of all this we don't have any announcements like we're not announcing anything today because timing and we're in the middle of working on a couple things but we wanted to give you a heads up on some developments that are currently beginning to roll out and over the course of the next several weeks and months you're gonna hear more and more actual announcements as they come to pass so in my um, summation they just fall into three main categories space staff and services the three main rolling developments that are happening that are currently in play that we're pushing forward are space staff and services. Number one, Spark is going to Spark is actively working to figure out how we can get permanent space for our community development. As as you all know, we don't have a we don't have a building, we don't have a space. We rent this, which means that the vast majority of our global community work is done on Sundays because this is when we do those. We sometimes do classes and all those different types of things, but not having a central localized space and a central localized office um, has put a hindrance on the offerings and the ministries that we can do. So we're actively looking and pursuing for options. As you know, this is Silicon Valley. There's a lot of challenges to that. We would covet your prayers for all of that. Anything you want to say on that?
1: Um, just that the space that we, any space that we look for will be a space where we're trying to do good for the community during the week. So we are not, I think, since the very beginning of Spark nine years ago and before, we always said we wouldn't want to pay a lot of money for a large room that sits open and empty six days a week and is only really primarily used one day a week. Um, That we are looking for space that would be good for the community, and not just Sparkers, but for the community at large. Six days a week, and then we're not anticipating that this space on Sunday would change at all. So we're just looking for something to in, to help us be able to be Sparky Monday through Friday, Saturday as well. Um, also, we recognize we're in the middle of the pandemic, and so whatever space we're looking for will be space that supports a lot of outdoor meeting. Um, as well as the necessary requirements for indoor, So we're we're looking for all of those kinds of things together. And there are um, hopeful hopeful, uh, possibilities on the horizon and the Spark Board is navigating um, those possibilities. But there's nothing really to announce or share at this time because it's just all still like maybe? maybe. But I want to let you know, um, nine years ago when Spark started, we did a very strong commitment to slow church, like the slow food movement. Um, We like a really good meal, you know, like when you see those, like the long table out and they've been waiting for you and you can just tell you're going to enjoy. That's the type of slow church movement that we still want to invest in at Spark. And this conversation about space, staff, and services was actually starting pretty um, with a lot of energy just before March 20. 20- yeah, I mentioned, I mentioned oh, right, that at the beginning. Right. I think so, you were watching. Yes, no, sorry. So, so these <coughs> things have been ongoing. We put a pause, that little TiVo pause is what I always hear in my head, like boop, 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 um, and waited through the pandemic. And so now we're just feeling like God is um, giving us possibilities in front of us that might help us to move forward. And, and those services and offerings that we really want to provide are places for you, for you all to do the things that you care about, for having small groups or Bible studies or meeting with one another or praying with one another or, um, or whatever it might be, book clubs. We want to provide this community. This spark is not a top-down church. We're a flat, community-driven church. And we want it to be something that we all get to own and care about and get excited about. So God willing, when and if it happens, when it happens, that's the hope part. God willing, when it happens, um, we will be inviting all of you into the process.
0: And you can start thinking of people who, or maybe even yourself, who might be interested in coming on board. We're looking for people to help to run. Um, operationally um, and administratively all of the the things that we're hoping to advance and and push forward. So that's the staffing part. And then the services, once all of those, uh, as you can see, all this is related. Um, We had started to dream about possibly doing a VBS. We recognize that the children in our midst are growing up very fast. And to provide spiritual services for them and community for them and, and, you know, youth groups and all those kinds of things, those are things that are very uh, difficult to do when you don't have space and you don't have staff for that. And so what, let me, if I could sum up some of the, uh, the thinking behind it, the vast majority of SPARK for the last nine years has been event and Sunday-driven. Um, we are known and our reputation is strong regarding the events that we've done. Um, people call it the social justice events that we have done, but we like to use the word gospel justice. And the thing that we stand for and what we're hoping to do in this next season advancing in 2022 is really now build and support the communal uh, focus that we haven't done as much of in the, like that many other churches have done How do we make sure that there's strong connections and events and relationships that are built here? How do we care for the various generations that are coming through? How do we provide educational resources? You know, Danielle's had to rent out space every Monday to do the garden-to-garden Bible studies and all those kinds of things, and we want to be able to provide more of those. We also know that there's people in our community that want to provide those services as well. I talked to some Sparkers who were looking forward to possibly having space where they could do their recovery meetings and because they need that space as well and they really appreciate spark and and all that kind of stuff so there's just a world of opportunity and possibility as a result of these shifts and we're really really hoping and anticipating that we'll be able to bring all of that stuff to fruition um, in this coming year the last piece is taking all the ethics and the cultural pieces of spark Your contribution is critical to the life of our community. I am so deeply thankful to all of you who come and participate, whether that's running sound, hosting, hosting on Zoom, commenting, coming and setting up, all of that stuff. And our hope is that all of you will find some way to participate and contribute. And we're going to be working on making those systems more robust, providing more training and opportunities for those of you who are like, I don't know where to serve or how to to do that. Um, because we, it is our hope that as we uh, spend this next season really focusing on the community, again, as Danielle was saying, as a flat church, it's not just us now doing something for you, it is all of us together doing church together for one another.
1: And for the community.
0: And for the yeah. community. So I think that's a little a bit... Uh, does anybody have any questions? You may not, but if you have any questions, please. Kwame. A
1: Kwame question.
0: Will you be doing Garden to Garden this upcoming year?
1: So, yes, we are hoping to do Garden to Garden. Um, it's, a, uh, uh, it's a Bible study that I teach that would be both online and in person, so a hybrid. And it goes through the Bible um, chronologically, Genesis through Revelation, in about five months. Um, and it's super fun. And I really hope to do it. The only reason why we haven't announced it yet, typically we start like at the first. So it's like, sort of like, this is the year I'm going to read through the Bible, and we do it together. is because um, this space thing is a possibility sooner rather than later like it like it could happen in a week and so if it happens sooner rather than later then i already have space and i don't have to try to negotiate some space and offering so we're just waiting um and maybe we'll know more in a couple weeks yeah but but it'll hopefully happen as well as a lot of other things yeah many other questions will pastor kevin do a bible study podcast
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes-ish. <laughs> yeah. uh, Pastor Kevin has some ideas that are in the works regarding, um, that's part of the services piece. Um, the, it's, it's in rapid development. Um, nothing to announce at this current moment, uh, but y- yes-ish. And, and as soon as that's ready to roll out, which I'm hoping will be within the next couple months, uh, we'll, uh, the entire Spark community will know. yes Shally and then Bob. <laughs> Shally and Bob. Shally? <laughs> Status of the Israel trip?
1: Oh, let's ask Israel. Um, it's, you know, the country shut down again this week uh, or a couple weeks. I, you know, it's a bit, it's like sort of, pand- it's just a pandemic question. So right now, our hope is to still go forward with the Israel trip. We're not canceling anything, um, but we have to just figure out some logistics um, how small can it really be in order for it to be viable? Um, how uh, flexible do we all need to be? I don't know. We're kind of waiting on Israel. Obviously, the hope is, the hope is that things were going to be open and that we could all be there together. Um, but Israel is very COVID conservative, um, and so we'll see how, how things progress and do our best to make, and make our best decisions in the next couple months. Yeah. We're still hoping, we are still hoping to go. Yeah. Bob, same question or? No. Uh, I think in a
0: previous board update, they mentioned that um, the that two of you might be going on sabbatical.
1: Yes. Sabbatical for Kevin and I will still happen, but in the summer or something like that. Um, we have school schedules and things like that that keep us tied to here right now. And also, a lot of these hopeful, exciting developments keep us here for right now. Um, so when it, when it comes, you'll know, and it'll, it's not going to be very long, but I think is it, what, four or six weeks or something like that, or six, something? i see I don't even know. 12, I heard 70. Days. 70 weeks. Yeah, it's the year of Jubilee, actually. Um, I, I will say, it, I am after nine years, but also two pandemic years, which that's like dog years, that's like 14 years. Um, as a pastor uh, i'm very grateful that you know nationwide we have seen a lot of um, resignations with pastors and i'm so i'm very grateful to this community and church for giving us the time that i do think we will relish come summer um just for some time off to really recharge and bring bring the good stuff back um yeah
0: okay anything else last uh, last one because well, i'll be sensitive to time i guess Kwame. Any books or authors that we should discuss or have a Zoom call with? Like, like basically the question, what's our next, uh, what's our next? We don't, we don't know. Um, we've, been, uh, we've been too busy with other things. But I will say this. I, I'm, I mean, there's always this list of books and people, and, you know, we're, we're doing our best to try to pay attention. I know many of you really appreciate Rachel Held Evans, her most recent, you know... Um, Book was was published by her friend Jeff Chu, you know, so Rachel's name and then of course Jeff's name So there's a there's a lot of possibilities. Here's what I would say if, you, if anybody in Spark has an idea Send it to us. It's that simple. Hey, I really like so-and-so and or whatever um, That's part of the communal ethic that we're trying to advance a lot of the conversations that we've had have been you know, driven by the leadership, but, um, but it doesn't have to be that way. Um, I would very much appreciate hearing from other people and seeing if we can um, make, make other things happen. So we'll see. But, but those, those conversations have been incredibly wonderful for us and we, we're very appreciative. Junior, go ahead and come back on up and uh, we'll shift into a tie. If you have any more questions, please don't hesitate. Yeah. For those of you who are new or visiting or whatever, all of these announcements either, will be either be on Sunday or through our email. So you'll need to get to the weekly and make sure that uh, you're subscribed to that. We'll make sure that you guys are updated as all of that and begins our to play out.
1: Typical Sunday services with preach and teach. We'll be back again next Sunday, and we'd love to have you come back and join us.
0: Next week we're going to start a new series on the wisdom uh, wisdom books: Psalms, Proverbs, Job, uh, Ecclesiastes, mm-hmm. and Song of Songs. Gee, I wonder who's got that one. That, that'll be that'll be a lot of fun. <laughs> So thank you uh, most of all uh, to every single one of you for being an amazing community. In the midst of all that, the 2021 review and our thinking about moving forward, it's really uh, been an incredible experience. And I hope that together we will be able to create a wonderful community and environment and experience for each and every one of us Um, to find hope, to find love, uh, to find connection and to allow our hearts and our souls to be encouraged and inspired once again by this tradition, this crazy tradition that we've inherited and that we're a part of. And um, I'm inspired to follow Jesus uh, even more when I watch sparkers do so. Um, Incredibly inspired to do so. So thank you for leading us in that regard. I'm incredibly grateful. We're going to move into communion, and uh, as we sing, we're going to invite you to the table. For in the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took the bread, blessed and broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body, given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. Uh, This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Every single one of you at home, outside, inside are welcome to this table.